Welcome to season two of the Ask a Spiritual Director podcast. I'm Kimberly Pelletier. And I'm Samuel Ogles. And in this season, we're going to continue exploring questions about meaning, faith, and the spiritual life. In this special four-part series, we are exploring questions arising within us during a global pandemic. Because of social distancing, these episodes may sound different as they are recorded over Zoom, but the authenticity and depth you've come to expect are ever-present. This is the third episode in the four-part series, exploring the question, what does hope look like in a time like this? This is episode 23. What does hope look like in a time like this? So this is one of the episodes we're recording during coronavirus, during the pandemic 2020. Um, so life has been upended for so many people. I think it's safe to say for us included. Um, and our state is on lockdown. And we just found out today that our, our state here toward the end of April is going to go for another month. Uh, mm-hmm. lockdowns so we're looking at another five plus weeks which um you know just feels really hard <laughs> at least for me right now yes. um I, and i'm i feel like i'm someone who you know is fairly fortunate in this um season you know we're kind of just it's my spouse and i at home she's working from home too obviously and so we're both working from home and we have a dog and so we take walks we were at home all the time and I really have been kind of like, okay with that. I'm more of an introvert anyways. But, um, mm-hmm. when I heard that news, like it, it sort of woke me up to how much of, um, how much heavier it, it is, I think for me in my experience mm-hmm. than, I, than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really like this question of, you know, what, how do we find the hope? I'm, I'm always inspired by people who, are sort of like eternally optimistic because that's the exact opposite of my MO um, uh-huh. naturally, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. My natural bent is, um, you know, and we identify as Enneagram ones, but yes. um, my natural bent as an Enneagram one is to see the imperfection mm-hmm. in, in everything, mm-hmm. um, especially my own experience. And so, um, and plus, I think we're just kind of living in a world right now where that's more often the case. And that's why you're seeing some things like John Krasinski's, you know, good news mm-hmm. network or whatever, um, coming up. Uh, I think people are seeing more of the need for that. So, so what does hope look like in a time like this? It's something I have to intentionally think about. I don't know if you feel like you're more in touch with yeah. that part of yourself right now. Oh, you know, if I'm honest, I feel like that goes in and out. Um, I mean, I should say hope feels like it goes in and out. I mean, there's a baseline, I think, um, for a personality wise, there's kind of a baseline there for me. My, um, but it, am I, am am I in touch with what it it looks like? I think, um, like we did in uh, another episode when we talk about opportunities, um, I think that is, is part of what keeps me hopeful is that like the, the transformational reality because of that Enneagram oneness that is the, uh, you know, 
the reformer, um, or as Ian Crone is now calling it, the improver, which I like. Oh, <laughs> you know, I he doesn't that. he doesn't like the perfectionist. He's been given the um, on, on Instagram of watching his videos on each number, and mm-hmm. with Enneagram one, he's talking about. You know, he's like, I don't want like perfectionist. It has too much baggage these days. He's like, I like improver. And I resonate with that. Um, and so I think in this time, thinking about what does hope look like um, for someone that likes to improve things, improve upon them um, and take what is missing. Um, like hope is, I mean, in order to improve something, it's, hope is and inherently necessary. Like you have to have hope in order to think something can even be improved upon. Um, And so I think that personal transformation, that personal possibility or opportunity, um, even in the midst of this, because we can go at a lot of angles with hope, right? Economic hope, um, which is, is uncertain depending on who you talk to. Right. Um, Uh, or, you know, some people think it's very hopeful because of their particular industry or where they think things will go and how this will change the face of entrepreneurship and all of that, um, or e-learning or, you know, you name it. Um, so hope looks different from an economic angle, hope from a relational standpoint. Um, what is that? What does that look like? Hope, you know, in my house being clean, <laughs> you know, there's, I mean, just like my environmental kind of thing, or, you know, but speaking of environment, like hope for, for the earth, what does this do for people waking up and watching um, the changes in um, just the environment and pollution and what it feels like to have a little bit more um, in certain areas, you know, it's easier to breathe or easier to see beauty um, and, and animals are, you know, coming out, whether it's moose or bears or mountain lions or here it's coyotes and foxes, like, you know, depending on your part of the, the world and the country, um, you know, there's, um, there's, so there's hope in a lot of different angles. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess it depends on which angle, you know, mm-hmm. what does hope look like? Because some areas are uncertain and, um, but what does it look like? I think to hold hope, maybe. As, as I read this question, part of me wonders: Is it, you know, what does it look like to have hope mm. <laughs> in a time mm-hmm. like this? You know, mm. um, whether yeah, what does hope look like? Because hope can look like a lot of different things: people helping, people offering. You know, maybe it's, you know, even as our governor laid down an extra month, he also opened up garden centers. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's some that's there's some hope in that. I want to buy some flowers and plant some beautiful things next month. Mm. And um, so I think hope can look like that, but how do mm. we hold on to hope in the midst of all these shifting things can also yeah. be as an underlying question in that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you pointed out the <clears throat> the one energy and the connection to sort of like uh, really a, like a hard wiring of hope for something better. And, it, you know, it reminded me as you were saying that I was like oh duh of course like <laughs> I need to remember that like I was I always teach that when I'm you know passing on the Enneagram uh, mm-hmm. and helping others meet it is you know the one has sort of like this and we all have all the types within us you know if you're not familiar with the Enneagram it, it doesn't matter um, that much but uh, the ones kind of have this natural um, sense of the goodness of everything mm-hmm. um, and they we ones get in trouble when we try to make that goodness rather than awaken to that goodness, mm, right? Yes. Um, and so I, I think in the moments when I've 
been able to touch on that for myself recently and and then you know expanding out from that i think more of uh an intellectual commitment but also like a, a spiritual commitment to that reality I, I think it's believing that sort of believing in that natural goodness believing in the ability to awaken awaken to that goodness mm-hmm. in any given moment that mm. of everything you need is is here in a sense you know um and Jesus says we have we have eyes to see, but we do not see. You know, the, the real problem is kind of our ignorance. We're walking around pretty ignorant of the way mm. things are, which isn't to say that we are saved or sheltered from difficulty, right? As, as right. All of us are experiencing. And so I don't think it's a hope for a world free from pain, um, as much as I'd really like it to be. <laughs> right. In my own experience, I'd love to be free of my pain. But um I think it's a it's a hope for awakening to that reality, to that that goodness that's there. Um, to things like Mr. Rogers' phrase of "look for the helpers," mm-hmm. awakening to of that, yes, right. Like that's happening whether people see it or not. Um, mm-hmm. But how much more beautiful in your experience when you notice that that's actually happening? Yes, people helping, um, being self-sacrificial. Um, you know, to, to just make it really explicitly Christian. I mean, that's the calling. That's the calling to sort of mm-hmm. um, do a self-emptying um, and a self-sacrificing, uh, not in a um, not in an unhealthy way, not in a way that sort of bends you over backwards and breaks you, but in a way that sort of expands what you thought you were capable of. Right. Mm. <laughs> That image of love expanding. You think you only have so much of a capacity, and you know you become a parent. And oh my gosh, I guess I can wake up in the middle of the night like every night. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It's not easy, but I guess I can do that. You know, kind of mm-hmm. use a quick example. So I think that's a good example because um, it kind of ties into something I was thinking of. Because sometimes that awakening, especially now, I mean. Even like this example of, you know, like a parent, like you're waking up in the middle of the night, which doesn't feel good, um, right? But it's for a better, uh, an important an important reason. But like the awakening right now, I mean, even for some, uh, hopefully for a lot of us, I mean, there's awakening to things that are already present, um, just around injustice and inequity. Um, I mean, the, the, the statistics around um, people of color who are dying so much more from COVID-19. Um, statistically, they're right. so much higher, right? Um, and so just um, inequity and injustice around in, in so many categories of our society. And then just um, a, a racial, um, I, I don't know what the right word to put it right after that, um, nastiness. I'm sure there's a much better word. What's that? Racial tension. I just mean, yeah, I mean, toward um, Asian people, right? Um, Just the the violence, I guess, you know, kind of racial uh, violence and hate um, that has been slurred around. And so there's awakening to some of these things. And some of these awakenings are are difficult. Um, And um, what does hope look like? And I think they're... I think we have to kind of say the awakening itself is a piece of the hope um, because until we can become awake, we can't, we can't do anything. 
right? So we can wake up until we can see that and notice it and know that it's there. Um, are the opportunity for it even to be addressed or to be shifted inside of us and our own awareness um, and the way we all contribute to our society or the way we can contribute, maybe can awaken even, right? And so even if it doesn't initially feel like hope, <laughs> to use your example, someone is waking me up in the middle of the night, go away. Um, <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. Um, I still get woken up, you know, um, in the middle of the night. but. Um, it's because somebody, you know, there's a need here, right? There's an, uh, an opportunity, there's something happening. And when we are woken up now, we can, there, um, there's hope in, in the awakening, even if that awakening feels really bad initially. Um, yeah. and so I, I yeah, to your point of like, <clears throat> that we're not, that initial awakening isn't create, we're not creating something. We're just being aware of what is but trusting that ultimate presence of God in the world and not trusting it to make that go away or trusting that it is present even in, even in, I don't want to say in the injustice as in, as in looking over it, but we're present mm-hmm. to it in the awakening. That's God's presence in the world, right? The mm-hmm. awakening is God's presence, not the injustice is not God's presence. Although God is with each person. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. But there is a hope in that, right? Yeah. There's a gift in that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And and that the, you know, just to build on what you're saying, and that the awakening is you, in you, the awakening in you is the awakening you are hoping for mm-hmm. in others. Mm-hmm. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, you know, kind of the change you are desiring, um, what you see wrong when you are awakened to it in yourself, like that's that's where the work happens and if yeah. you can see it in yourself and you know, the further down the road you go with that. And I, I can't claim to have experienced this a whole lot or carry this awareness to, to any great degree with me in my daily life. But you know, all of the great um, spiritual teachers say that eventually you get to the point where you realize that thing and others out there is, is in you mm-hmm. as well. You know, the mm-hmm. problem that you are mm-hmm. reacting against ranting about, Mm-hmm. Um, so disturbed by that's present in you to some degree. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of this, this non-dual way of, of realizing you are, um, the sameness, right. The, mm-hmm. the, yeah. The, the unity of all of that. Yeah. And therefore I also have the power or at least to some level, the ability to engage it and change it. Right. And to move it, yeah. move the needle another, another way. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like this is all um, ideas, but it feels, that feels like hope. Mm-hmm. Right. That does, it does yeah. feel like hope. I mean, even personally, just to make it more concrete, my own awareness of just food insecurity. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. I just feel like there have been times when I've had tears in my eyes and I'm like, I had, I'm not super crier. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, like I cry. I, I feel like I've said this on the podcast before. I I cry. I'm just not like, um, I don't know. It just takes me a while to get there. I'm just not always like, it's not a, I don't know. yeah. And so yeah. my own emotional response to like really considering people not having food that they need or they're being able to feed their kids has been pretty significant. And so I'm like, 
oh my gosh, what can we do? What can, what, you know, can I give part of this stimulus check to this local food pantry and what do they need and how can I help? And I, I'm, I'm struck by that. Right. And so while that can feel like, oh, it's so hopeless, there's, you know, this sucks. I can't believe it's like this. I can't believe people have to go through this. This is awful. Um, it's that same thing that makes that that brings the hope right back up to say, wait a minute, I I can, I'm here. This is my community. These are these are people, and I don't know them, but these are my brothers and sisters, my fellow humans. And what can I do to be part of making sure I can't fix it all? But what can I do to be part of making sure that some more people have more food if they need mm-hmm. it? So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I don't mean to say it's all perspective and how we look at it, but. In, right. in some ways it has our person, you know, the way we move, we have to move through it. We can't just demand a new perspective on ourselves, but right. if we feel it and keep going one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the yeah. other, we can find a way. Yeah. And if the question is, you know, what does having hope look like? Then I think that's, that's it. You just, mm-hmm. what you just described, um, living and acting in such a way. Yeah, taking those things that are really painting, feel painting. Is that a word? <laughs> Let's make it one. Painting, right? I like that. The things that are painting us right now mm-hmm. um, in this pandemic time, you know, I would say if I was sitting with a directee, like what, what are those things? Like if somebody's talking about one thing in particular that they're noticing, I mean, it's something to be, A, just prayerful about. Like I've just tried to mm-hmm. be mindful of the things I'm praying for. Um, I mean, I'm always trying to be, if I'm praying for it, I'm mindful about it, but just more, just saying those prayers as I go in and out of my day, it comes to my mind and I bring that into prayer, into trusting that the spirit's creativity will then continue to lead me into if there's any way I can speak into that or be part of that or, you know, um, do something about that. And so, yeah, I lost my train of thought, but does hope look like that very specific thing that is painting us right now painting there is mm-hmm. as if my, my brain is already created i think it's a great word vocabulary <laughs> but moving that um i think i would say whatever you're noticing whatever continues to come up for you is that very thing to rather than hold on to you know like that tight grip of like this is awful and it sucks in the world and not to say it doesn't but then to bring that into that contemplative space of prayer and open that up and go okay is there what is the way? Is there a way forward? What might I be able to do? And when I say bring that yeah. into that contemplative space, that doesn't mean some sort of woo-woo thing that really you won't ever do because it sounds like something just Kimberly says on a podcast. But I mean, like, you know, just sit with it for a minute in silence. I mean, a minute, really. And just picture it and offer it up and go, what can I do? And just say the prayer yeah. while you're walking, you know, to change your next diaper or take the dog for a walk. You know, I don't think it has to be all that fancy um, yeah, but to bring that from a space of pain and control and and just frustration into a maybe there's more here and it's present with me um, for a reason that I can engage in. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to be present, to to have the awareness and be present to that in yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then out of that, you know, we'll expand. Um, right. I don't know, the solution or the okayness um, that you're seeking. Right. Whatever, or the path um, or whatever. 
the painting can move to okayness. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I think that's a good, I like the word, honestly, I like the word yeah. expansive because I think the hopelessness comes in when we hold that pain or we hold that frustration mm. or we hold the anger. It does spiral. It just kind of can fester into that hopelessness. But when we kind of let it go into the expansiveness, not that it's always going to turn into how do I help my local food bank, but even just to give it more space to breathe and move and to live and yeah. connect that into divine presence. It has a, it has more space and it's not only mine to hold on to and feel I'm feeling this with another. And then there's, you know, also feeling it with, with the many others who are feeling it. And that connectedness begins to bring it, I think a separate or a different kind of experience around whatever mm-hmm. those things are that are, that are bringing hopelessness, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. So, and then also, if I could just add, I know I feel like we're kind of winding down, Please. but I mean, when this was a week and a half ago, so spring has been slowly springing here, and I had a massive meltdown. It was a mom, mom, wife, woman meltdown. Like it was by far the biggest one of the day of anybody. And I've got three kids, two elementary and a preschooler. And and yeah, it was it was epic. My uh, our tech producer over here could probably uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> affirm that. Who is my Who is my husband? He was here, um, and I just went for a walk. Thankfully, I got out the door before any more harm was slung <clears throat> through the air via my words. I was just like, wow! If I don't get outside, anyways, I took a walk and um, just breathed for a while. And just felt air on my face and was just, wow, I need to get some something and prayed and just, whew. And I was walking back into home and I, I planted these four rose bushes that I got like on clearance in the fall or something in this little space. And I walked back and one of them had one little bud. And this was sometime in April, early April, I think. And... um. And it like instantly I start crying. And like I said, I am not like this super crier. I just, I'm like, wow, I've got a lot of feelings I don't feel apparently, honestly. Yeah. And, um, and hope just looked like a bud, <laughs> like this little bud. And I just was like, oh, the earth is still alive. It's still alive. It's, it just gave something. It was just this moment. And so I just say that because there's all these big ideas we're talking about, but Sometimes it just feels like fresh air in the bud, uh, you know, mm-hmm. these little, these, these things that are just right there and you just go, okay, okay, okay. And I sat there mm-hmm. and I touched it. I was like caressing this little thing. I was like, oh, you're alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Yeah. And it didn't take away all the mean things I said or all the frustration I was feeling, but it let out some of that energy, yeah. you it know, in that. Coexisting and the world right along with all of that other stuff right yeah yes yeah. so i think that's i think that image is better than all the words we offered <laughs> <laughs> what story often like. does right yes so maybe hope Beautiful. looks like a bud <laughs> yeah
Thanks for listening to the Ask a Spiritual Director podcast. Your listening actually means a lot to us. In fact, we have had almost 5,000 downloads of our podcast, but we only have 10 ratings and reviews in iTunes. So it would mean the world to us if you would head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave a review so that other people can enjoy what you're enjoying. Also, you can contact us through askaspiritualdirector at gmail.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes because we'd love to hear your thoughts, your comments, um, responses, or your questions that you'd like us to explore on the podcast. I will also put a link to our Google Doc where you can put your questions there as well. So check the show notes, connect with us. We are really enjoying this journey with you all. Thanks for listening.